Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. Covering all the classics. Oh, this is a big one. This is a big one. This is one that we, yeah, we've been waiting to check this one off. Yeah, this is Phantasm. Phantasm's one of the more legendary late 70s horror movies yeah. of all time. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast, and I'm not sure how to unpack this one. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta admit. <laughs> this is such a collection of weird <laughs> shit <Yeah. laughs> in one movie, man. But yeah, exactly. It's there, There's weird movies, and then there's weird movies. And Phantasm is, is such a, weird a gem of a weird flick. A kind of movie that could have just been obscure, you know, in a weird video store find. Mm-hmm. Instead, caught on huge. Became a major success and spawned. It's a five film series fi- now. Yeah, still making Phantasm movies. Yeah. Oh, it's this- a cult classic. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it spawned the Tall Man, one of the icons in my. You know, he's he's like that second tier, like, yeah, horror icon next to maybe Chucky or <laughs> Leatherface. <laughs> if you were ranking him up in one of those five dollar, four dollar, exactly, <laughs> you'd have Myers and Jason up at the top right, here. Yeah. Maybe not Mount Rushmore, but he's certainly on the the Tall fifty dollar bill. Tall Man's legendary. Yeah, it's for a character that really has kind of little to do. It's not far from a Michael Myers or a mm-hmm. you know. It's all in the walk. Nobody has a cooler walk than Angus Scrim. Oh, this guy as the tall man. And the what scowl. a character! His face. This is it. This is just this a is perfect horror casting villain. Yeah, it must be the easiest role to cast in Hollywood because I don't ever remember us talking about a horror movie being. You know who's terrible. The villain. <laughs> Everybody must love playing the villain, but Angus Scrim. So, this is a movie we've both seen a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great franchise. Uh, we both love it. And I recently got to see it in the theater for the first time. Right, right. Never seen it in the theater. It's probably the fifth time I've seen it. And I got so into the weirdness and just everything that was phantasm. It hit me in a way that I... It's like... Now I understand Phantasm. Oh, now yeah. I'm within uh, Phantasm. Well, but, hopefully you can explain it to me. Though, but it had... No. <laughs> so it was shown with an intro from Angus Scrim. Oh, cool. Like one of those movie intros where he's like sitting in a study. where You know, in, <laughs> in like a suit, and he, but he looks like kind of a normal guy. Oh, funny. But still Fireside like kind chat. of the same yeah. as he looks in Phantasm. <laughs> this is just how I look. Sorry. Yeah, I just look like this guy. My his suit fits. The yeah, tall yeah. man suits like a comedy short suit <laughs> yeah, kind of really. kind of thing with it his is. lifts. Um but it's him going, "Ah, oh, yes, phantasm." And you're like, "Oh shit." <laughs> it's like a conversation with Angus Scrim reflections oh, on phantasm like, "I remember getting this role." And he's just talking about all the stuff he put into the the tall man and he reveals this thing. Sometimes I don't get movies. And sometimes <laughs> there's not things that I pick up on in a movie, even a movie that I see a lot. Sometimes I can be the dumb film guy, which is kind of the fun thing about films. Sure. 
oh, it was the sister. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I never knew until Angus Scrim talked about it at length while I was waiting to watch Phantasm. How long was this intro? (laughs) It felt like six minutes. (laughs) Just springing an, an Angus. Did he do like a take to a different camera? Like, <laughs> no, no, it was a one one camera okay. take. Uh, but I'm like third row, and so I'm just staring at like him with his legs crossed, wearing like a nice blazer, while he's like talking about catering. I'm just like, come <laughs> on, like, look. but he talked all about this character being an alien, and I was like, the tall man's an alien. Ah, uh, yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. time. I've been watching and loving this movie. I've seen sequels. <laughs> I've been thinking it was a heaven and hell thing. Mm. Like he's a guy taking the dead to, to hell. You know, a red other world. That's cool. That's hot. Yeah, yeah. Feels like a heaven and hell thing. But he talks at length about being an alien. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't realize this was a man who fell to earth scenario it's an alien movie it's an alien movie extraterrestrials and it's amazing and so now i'm watching it as a man who fell to earth but he's mining the earth's dead to use as slaves on his dreary dismal home planet right well you know i totally different flick for me i can forgive you not getting that detail (laughs) and why is that because this is the weirdest fucking movie (laughs) with or without aliens that you've ever seen there is such a just collection of weird off beat scenes and then stranger and stranger manifestations of things. Yeah. Everyone knows about the flying orbs, right? That's a classic. The flying orb is the thing anybody who has ever heard of Phantasm associates yeah. with. That's it. what you know. But, but it's that's, just again, that's the tip of the iceberg too. But this is also getting. great because it's kind of like Hellraiser because when you say Hellraiser everybody thinks Pinhead. Sure. And then yeah, when you yeah. watch Hellraiser he's like henchman number 3. Yeah. In the Cenobite gang. Like, oh, I thought he'd be more of a guy saying cool shit. Not just yeah. the guy standing behind the blobby. <laughs> just one, one you of know? many, yeah. The silver ball in Phantasm, which is the primary advertising mm-hmm. tool, the thing people remember from it. It's in the movie for like 30 seconds. There's one scene and then maybe a half a scene later, right? Yeah, yeah you get one kill. One big kill. It's a great kill. We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. But... It's such a weird movie that has so many things going on and so much fu- and so many things that are dreams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many visions it's, like from a medium. It's a movie you've got to uh you've got to buy the ticket and take the ride. Like you've got to just let it do its thing. Yeah. Because if you try to find logic in like the events as they happen, that's not going to work. It's it a really re- isn't. <laughs> it's like it is like a dream and and it's uh the thing that I really picked up watching it last uh this last time uh, such a visual storytelling. Incredible. It's it's very few times we actually have someone explaining what's going on. It's just mm-hmm. things happening, and yeah. they don't necessarily connect, but they do. <laughs> you know, they they do. It feels like a, a piece of a bigger whole. Yeah, I kind of get why this movie has five movies because it really does. Watching the more I watch Phantasm, and it's a movie that I love more and more. Every time I see it, this, like I said, this time seeing it in the theaters, mm-hmm. it's the best I've ever seen it. It's the most I've ever loved it. It just, I keep getting more and more charmed by it. And it really feels like the first stage of a journey. This movie feels like a trilogy right from the, from this movie. I mean, it's weird. The second one didn't come out till 
a decade later, practically, you know, not quite a decade. Right. But. I, I almost feel, though, that, like, uh, there was not a plan for a series, right? No, like, I think this was a lot of independent film productions where he filmed on weekends mm-hmm. over the course of a year. This is Don Coscarelli, Don Coscarelli we're talking about here. Uh, a uh, guy that we're going to be talking about a lot more. A and certifiable we, genius. A guy's amazing. Yeah. We already covered Beastmaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30, 40 episodes ago. Such a surprising movie when you think you know Beastmaster <laughs> and you watch it again, you're like, there's some weird shit that I love. Don Coscarelli has weird, cool ideas <laughs> and knows how to put them on the screen. Yeah. Beastmaster is a movie that could we've seen a lot, as we talked about, we've seen a lot of sword and sandals. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. gets cheesy quick. There's not, There's a small list of sword and sorcery and that kind of stuff. The cheesy stuff's fun, but the peak movies are slim. Beastmaster is an excellent representation Mm -hmm. of that genre. It's got all the cool wizard stuff, all the cool effects, (laughs) the cool He-Man loincloth sword swinging that could look lame. He's doing it. it He's doing it in person right now, folks. Yeah, I was doing. You can't. You can't just do it. Yeah, it's I'm making the and. Three years earlier, this guy makes Phantasm over a course of a year, renting equipment on a Friday. This is what Bill Lustig did. Rented mm-hmm. the equipment in the winter on a Friday, so you're only paying for the Friday rental. You can use it all weekend. Right. You make a movie every weekend out of the year with your buddies. Mm-hmm. But to do that with a movie that catches on and becomes such a smash, it's just so exciting. And it really feels like the first part of a trilogy, whether that was the plan or not. And it probably wasn't. He's talked at length about how he was writing this movie as he went along. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And filming a <laughs> you, lot of visuals. You don't say. <laughs> you don't say. So the severed finger that turns into a demon fly, that wasn't part of the plan originally? <laughs> the guy has cool ideas. And there's a lot of films we've seen that feel just, oh, this guy had some cool ideas and he threw them out as best he could. This is a guy, Coscarelli, and going on to do movies like Bubba Hotep. Yeah. Or John Dies at the End. So that's like a movie from every decade that he's had a cool, you know, some some mark. Yeah. Something original, he keeps, something he fresh. He keeps hitting the mark. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how much the times change, he's still a guy pumping out a cool movie every just, five years. Yeah. Those, yeah. Bubba Hotep, John Dies at the End, all the Phantasm movies, just wildly entertaining stuff. Like, yeah. Even if you're not on He did like a survival with thriller logic. with Lance Henriksen. Oh, Guy's done so many cool different genre movies, (laughs) and he just, he's been doing it for 40 years. Yeah. And his ideas could just be a big, oh, this is a good mess of ideas, but they are integrated so well into a weird, uneasy dream story. The way nothing really seems real, none of the interactions, they all seem a little off. Mm -hmm. Stuff happens at the drop of a hat. People die suddenly. People come back unexpectedly. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it feels like a movie that, yeah, you can see how it was pieced together over a year of editing and post-production and overdubs, and but it works. Mm-hmm. It's great. This is an excellent movie. This deserves the cult status. This deserves the praise. Absolutely. Oh, it's, yeah. No it, question. It, it gets talked about. as It always shows up on those lists of the top 25 greatest horror. And as you said, the tall man is iconic. Yeah, For yeah. a guy with... 10 minutes of screen time. It's one of those classic 10 minutes of screen time villains. Right. Where you just see him move. But the more you see this movie and the more you unpack the storyline, 
it just keeps hitting me more, even beyond the silliness of dwarf slaves kept in oil barrels. <laughs> it's this yep. really mm-hmm. touching story about the fears of, of childhood trauma and loss. If you want to get really deep into it, the real no, heart of this movie yeah. is the is Mike. There's an emotional core. Yeah, it's not just weird stuff happening to people you don't care yeah, about. Yeah, this movie has heart yeah. beyond its weird inventive visuals. The story of Mike as a teen who lost his parents and he's being cared for by his older brother who doesn't really want the responsibility anymore, mm-hmm. doesn't think he can handle it, and that feeling of loss that this kid is going to lose his brother and he's already, you know... It's tough. Yeah, and it's yeah. one of these... Coscarelli's spoken about how he gets more than any other fan for this movie. It's teen boys. Teen boys that somehow saw this. That's that's all Mike. This character right. is a cool teen horror character. Dude, this kid is 13 years old. Yeah. Drives a car. <laughs> knows how to work on a car. Uh, wields a shotgun. Yeah. Uh, does... Cool movie, cool. Yeah, cool movie kid. Breaks into shit, says shit a lot. Saves his brother's ass (laughs) by pulling up in a 71 Barracuda. Just a 13-year-old. What? Licensed to drive, kind of. Like getting chased down by a demon hearse. How does a teenage boy not love Mike? Yeah, if you happen to catch this movie. I I was a latecomer. I didn't see this until I was, you know, in my 20s. I was an adult, yeah. Um, Just... I had heard about it, knew it was enough that it had several slots at the video store. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't a franchise that I ever saw. But if I had been 15, 16, saw this, saw this kid Mike pulling up on dirt bikes through a cemetery, oh, yeah. kicking out windows, saying the S word. <laughs> There's this great... Mouthing even oh, dirtier words. <laughs> dude. <laughs> That's our, is that his first line of dialogue is the mouthing the... Mouthing uh, the what the... What, what the, the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> A line that was so good that they had to show it in like a flashback five minutes later. <laughs> this great Mike is such a great teen lead. Like he carries so much of the the emotional heft of this movie mm-hmm. that could have been just the most scattered, crazy bananas thing. Gives it this really touching center. But then he's got so many great, cool swear moments. <laughs> exactly. So many cool kid teen moments, like acting as an adult, breaking out of homes. Bringing a like Bowie knife with him. Oh, man. Cutting <laughs> a guy's fingers off just gets, instinctively. Yeah. It's, yeah, without hesitation. <laughs> sees those fingers already trapped in a door. No threat to him whatsoever. Yeah. goes, I'm severing these Yeah, what 14-year-old is like, I'm going to be Mike. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah. Mike, man. That shot of him spying on this funeral. We get we open this movie. Oh, we with, open it in such a great way. What a sex scene to open a flick with. Straight up opening with sex in the graveyard. The character of Tommy. That's like that's when you know you got a genius on your hands. Shout out to Tommy. Oh, this character We hardly knew ye. <laughs> who oh, all that happens to him is a lady wearing like a a lavender slip. Mm-hmm. Is just riding him in a graveyard. And he's got this dirtbag mustache. Yeah. Where did Tommy hook up with old Dunes Cantina in town? But Tommy's got like a, oh, he got like a missing tooth or something. He's got a bad mustache, making bad sex faces. Oh. Most inactive Ugh. partner. Just yeah, a lot. He's, he's a real he's lying seen, there kind of guy. Dead drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just gets knifed. Oh. By this woman, and. It's such a weird intro to this movie that you don't know how weird it's getting. Re- just recently, within the last year, I read 
something wicked this way comes Mm. the short you know 200 page ray bradbury book Mm -hmm. i never seen the movie and i couldn't help but see all the parallels to this this kid's sense of wonder and how these kids are seeing this world to cope with they're changing lives. Right. Is this car- how real is this carnival director? How real is this funeral director? And the movie plays with this such dreamlike visuals from this weird cemetery sex stabbing right yeah, into yeah. the right into the weird funeral. And I love our introduction of Mike spying on this funeral that he's too young to attend, and then him seeing the weirdest thing. That shot of Angus Scrim, the tall man, throwing a casket into the back of his hearse. That the movie did a really great job of showing how heavy that damn thing was. Yeah. Again, it's a cool visual. You don't need to have uh-huh. it explained to you. You see six guys struggle to carry this coffin mm-hmm. into the ground. And then, yeah, you see Scrim later just pick it up by himself and <laughs> throw it in. It's It was literally made of paper mache, I think. Yeah. You know, for the, so it just effect, looks like but... this tall, stiff man just throwing. And they use such his use of slow-mo in some of these shots to really like capture these slow turns of Angus scrim turning with his oh yeah awful face and his you know those great lines he has on his cheeks the guy probably has three four lines of dialogue in this movie and they're all killers mm-hmm. even just him scaring mike's brother jody funeral's about to start just like come on <laughs> you can't go clamping people's shoulders when you're a 610 man well what if you're an alien if you're an trying alien to pretend yeah. to be a man? Whoa. It's watching the movie, picturing him as a man just fitting in and seeing how horrible of a job he is doing it fitting in. It's adds such a fun dimension to this already scary movie. And I love those movies where a kid knows something's wrong, mm-hmm. needs to come up with convincing evidence results. But the thing is, most movies, that's an hour of the movie. This movie, Mike's saying, you know what? I'm going into business for myself. I'm sneaking into the mausoleum. Sneaking into a mausoleum at age 13. Kicking out a window. The balls on this kid. This kid is so shook by seeing this guy throw a coffin into a hearse. What would you do? You see a man a throw question. a 400-pound coffin effortlessly if i'm a, a kid who doesn't think i'm getting listened to by anyone else mm-hmm. yeah and yeah what are you gonna do you're gonna accuse this adult of something yeah accuse that's this why he's scary going, man he's going, what the fuck <laughs> that's why we have to keep going back to that shot of him saying it after spying him in the binoculars yeah you got dwarves running around this place he knows something's up <laughs> but it's this great parallel with him having other nightmares He's still haunted by the death of his parents. So it's he's going through this huge real-life trauma. He right. starts seeing this otherworldly <laughs> trauma happening. And so it becomes this weird... It's one like, of those, is it his imagination yeah, or not? Yeah. It's this weird kind of movie, like Possession, where you're going through, like, how much of this is legit? You know, it's something like The Brood, where... This evil's is it manifesting itself in this other way? Is you know, or just what the hell is going on or just, in general? Yeah. Like again, you never get the you know. It's very late when they finally get the alien aspect of the movie in there. So yeah, yeah, you're watching this tall man be creepy, throw in a casket. You're seeing uh, yeah dwarves, Dwarf monks, but you're never really getting an explanation. <laughs> no, of what the relationship? No, is you're between you're figuring anything. all this out. 
when he cuts the tall man's fingers, they're yellow blood oh, yeah. goop the coming se- out of the it. The scene of him getting chased by the tall man, Mike in the mausoleum, when he goes searching for answers, when he starts having these dreams, the visual setups for the dreams are so great. That shot of the tall man standing oh, yeah. like over his bed while Mike's getting pulled down. Wow. Yeah, that's Classic good shot. Classic shot. This guy understood what kind of horrors there were. And, and like he, really actually good scares. Like Yes. Not just, uh, you know, jump scares uh-huh. or something that you could uh, easily do. But Right. Not just somebody bursting into frame. There was bursting mm-hmm. a lot, but the, the no cheap shots. Right. These were expertly set up, and the when Mike goes into this mausoleum searching for evidence that will show his brother and his brother's boy, Reggie. Oh, oh boy. Reggie. Reggie. What a guy. What a guy to get a whole fun career spawned off of this performance. Yeah. Deserves to be a cult legend. Yeah, if you know anything about this movie, it's Reggie the Ice Cream Man oh. with the uh, horseshoe baldness and the long ponytail <laughs> and the acoustic guitar in the truck. This guy just seems like the chillest dude. Yeah. you. I wish I, I had a Reggie. We would all need a Reggie. Yeah. Reg- Reggie is your boy. Right. This Reggie's one of the best best crew members in any movie. Mm-hmm. He's got your back for sure. Reggie, the actor, Reggie Bannister, also great. That your most famous role is just your name. Yeah, what a what a life. <laughs> I bet I bet Reggie Bannister is one of those guys that we're gonna find out he makes like five hundred grand on cameo. Oh yeah, like phantasm guy. He probably charges fifty bucks. And it's like yeah, I'll wear, for seventy five. I'll wear the ice cream man suit. I'll like, have to look for yeah. I'll have to look for him at the con next. Reggie time. Bannister, yeah. I bet, does so great at the cons, and it's all because he was Don Coscarelli's bro. Mm-hmm. Don Coscarelli puts his boy. How do you think Joe Spinell got a curl? Joe Spinell was people's boys. He was. He looked great. He didn't look like any other actor, and he was. People liked him. Yeah, yeah. He was a cool guy to be around. Reggie Bannister, by all accounts, cool guy. And again, characters who uh, have uh, a lot of yeah. He and Jody, the older brother of Mike, mm-hmm. are the two friends who lost Tommy. Yeah, the guy who lost Tommy to the killed. graveyard stabbing. So yeah, so they are the ones attending the funeral and. Yeah, like they're actually sensitive and emotionally supportive and kind of refreshing to see when It's a good dudes movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a real good guys movie cuz the the friendship between Reggie and Jody is tight enough that they, they sometimes can... just have impromptu guitar jams. Like sometimes yep. sometimes Reggie'll come home from his day working the ice cream man rounds. Which I love his our insights into his like ice cream man life, like when he's talking to Mike later and he's like, you know, it's gonna be a warm one tomorrow. <laughs> ice cream's gonna be flying out like, the sh- like <laughs> really talking the ice cream man. I love game. the scene where they they put a body in his truck and he's got the forethought to be like, this isn't gonna drip all over my ice cream, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great character and it's such a fun guy. To, it's like he got his whole career because of this guy, and you see why. Yeah. But even, yeah, as weird but as having relationship- an impromptu porch jam in the middle of your horror movie, this, as weird as just... like a just- full porch jam song with them making guitar face, like really like right. picking... And then Reggie, Reggie being like, his acoustic. Right, pretty hot. Yeah, yeah hot licks. <laughs> Has his tuning fork. But yeah, they can even somehow make that weird of him touching the <laughs> tuning fork. And then you're yeah. like, why was he... Why did we do a close-up on the tuning fork? They really know how to add... 
weird and just surreal imagery to every scene. Yeah. This guitar jam, as you found out, an original by the actor who played Jody. <laughs> That's right. Bill Thornbury gets the credit for the song. <laughs> Which just sounds like two guys hitting, cool. like kind of hitting those, um, you know that that great all-time great Sublime guitar solo <laughs> where he says, I can play the guitar, like, and then he plays the shittiest Eric, solo that... <laughs> I think about that. Like once a month, yeah. I really do. It is so funny to me it's so that he says, "I play the guitar like a motherfucking riot," and then goes blink, 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 blink. He play, he bombs like a four bars. <laughs> it's the That's best. Totally, what happens in the movie? Yeah, it's so good, and it's just Reggie and Jody just. Blink, 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 blink. While they're making these, just like biting their lower lip, like, like, <laughs> like they're just shredding out on the porch. It's so weird <laughs> to show up in this movie. I love it. Oh, oh you better God. give you give me credit for those. Those are my licks. Hey, I want to see it in. Yeah, yeah, I want to see my. Cap's yeah. gonna want to know. Those oh are my Bill, God, Bill Thornbury originals. This movie was Don Cascarelli just letting dudes do their thing. It shouldn't have right. worked out so well. Angus Scrim reportedly added so much to his character that Coscarelli was like, oh, yeah, this works way better. I love that. Like, they all had their own ideas for this movie that they didn't even know what the plot was. None of the actors knew the plot of this movie. And again, I don't know if I know the plot <laughs> of the movie. When you really boil it down, like, I get that there's a central plot of, yeah, an alien harvesting dead bodies somehow squishing them into three-foot midgets to adapt to his planet's harsh gravity and making them slaves from the dead. But the only slave work we see them doing is like moving barrels. Yeah. So I guess they just got a lot of barrels on his... On this planet, where you wouldn't need to be a dwarf on Earth, you could just be a normal-sized dude. Yeah. and he. So maybe like don't shrink them down before you know exactly where (laughs) they're going. Yeah, well... It's, but the way we get there is just <laughs> such a journey. It's a journey. It it's really a, is. We go so many unexpected directions that always feel, again, like they're part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. We got to cover the sequels really soon. I got to know where this phantasm story is going. And it's buoyed by, I haven't mentioned this. I know I say it a lot. Okay. I need to start taking an actual list because whenever a score really... Stands out at me as something special. My go-to line is always like, "This might be the best non-Carpenter horror <laughs> score." I need to actually write down what I think my favorites are, but the score for Phantasm. Yeah, yeah. The theme from Phantasm. That title theme. That's a that's a top five mm-hmm. horror theme. That stands up with Halloween. That stands right up. With it feels it. like a cousin of Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like... Very similar. But knowing that this movie was actually filmed mostly in like 77. Yeah. Like, bef- A, the Jawa guys, you know, before Star Wars oh, wow. comes out. That's and weird. And the, the theme maybe being written or produced. I love before, this. Or it had this when Halloween great... comes out. Some of the best horror synth scores, like uh, the Boogeyman score. Mm. is another really great horror synth score with an incredible theme that is very similar to Halloween. Right. Some of the best ones, like Phantasm, you could tell, it's like, man, I don't know, the synthesizer's running hot today, the notes might be off-key, because then it just adds this weird off-key dream-like element. So then they're doing the score, they're doing the theme, 
when they're getting run through a mausoleum, run through a graveyard, and it has this off-key eeriness to the synths, just completes the picture for me. Oh, yeah. It just adds so much. This score is so scary. It builds in those cool, almost choir-like ways that the Philip Glass candy band score, but it's all weird synth noise. Mm. It's such a perfect compliment to the movie. But the movie's got killer car chase. Oh, yeah. It's got a kid driving a barracuda while Jody's shooting out the back. The tall man is one of the most... It's like a Freddy Krueger haunting your dreams, showing up outside of every window and door. So many dream and real-life scenes where hands are crashing through windows and walls to grab you. This movie is relentless, and it does one of those great jobs like Terminator or Aliens, where you have these moments of quiet. Mm. before somebody just bursts through a wall. It's one of those being chased, hunted movies that I think that scares me more than anything, especially in the theater. When I saw Terminator with you in the theater, I was so scared. (laughs) That thing is just hunting, and it's not stopping, and there's nothing that can stop it. And just when you think you did stop it, he's just outside your door again. (laughs) That's just... It scares me. I guess the sphere uh, was kind of the original dream that Coscarelli had that that metal sphere chasing him right and, and when you were talking about the that's really what that sphere feels like mm-hmm. in those scenes where it's just kind of century century robot like, thing yeah that's coming you at you you only duck it by chance the the sphere scene that's so famous when Mike goes into the for a scene that's so short and really doesn't feel like it's in anything to do with the rest of the movie. Kind of like most other scenes of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Movie sets its own rules, but somehow manages to set a firm set of rules. Right. Again, and it's just totally visual. Like, you just mm-hmm. see this fear coming at you, and you know it's time to run. Like, it's thrown on a clothesline, you know? I don't want to meet line, this you know? fear. I don't want to see it, you know? And uh, we, don't, we don't ever have to have someone explain that it's... A yeah, guard, or that it's not some sort one of one person robot. explains the sphere. I you never I, find out. You I just have, have to make it up for yourself, or just go with it. You know, I love that. Though. I think the fact that this movie appealed to so many thirteen-year-old boys—it's <laughs> like you still have a great imagination mm-hmm. when you're thirteen, and you you don't necessarily need this movie. Doesn't really have answers to a lot of the weirdness that it brings up. Doesn't really right. uh, explain what's happening. The main characters that are our portals to what's happening, all don't know what's going on. <laughs> They're all flying by the seat of their pants, figuring this out on the fly. Right. When Mike sees a silver ball screaming at face level through the mausoleum, you're, I mean, if you see this, you're going to run. Yeah. <laughs> He's, you know, so we, it's instinct. It's instinct, yeah. you know? And this silver ball scene that I think has traumatized so many kids, it's the goriest gruesomest thing in i the always movie. forget how bloody it is it is so much blood I, it's i oh it's every time i'm like oh right it's like a this guy just fountain sprays of for, the, for the neck it's just gurgling out at first and pretty soon just a geyser just blade hooks come out of this sphere once they hit themselves the... into a man's skull a drill then drills a hole in his head <laughs> yeah and yeah basically just uh just drains this man him. man he just gets juiced ridiculous and, right uh, right four feet away from mike right next to mike and i never noticed before watched it this last time the remastered version that's on amazon oh yeah uh the the guy pisses himself 
at the end. Oh, geez. Did you Maybe see I that didn't on the see that screen? one. No, no, no. I don't. I mean, it could have happened. There's it's, a lot to look at. It's in the hard scene. to see uh, because it's yellow on white, you know, marble. Oh, sure. But oh. yeah, when you see the oh, legs go gosh. down and Mike's there looking yeah, at, yeah, yeah. This just pool of urine comes out. Wow, I don't think I noticed it. I'm sure it was up there. There's just a lot. Look, look for the urine. Next I was time. focusing on. <laughs> I always it's look at the. Detail. I like looking at the scared reactions. I wanted to see how Mike was reacting to it, so I was looking at the top part of the screen while the bottom of the screen was getting flooded with piss. <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> look, for I the missed piss it. Yeah, time. look. I'll check it out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you. It's such a weird as you figure out kind of more of the plot, and again, it's one of those Lebowski kind of complicated plot movies that you watch more and more and you can piece things together. And mm-hmm. the idea that the tall man disguises himself as a sexy, big boob lady to, to sex guys in the graveyard. It's like, Oh yeah, that's a, that's a weird thing to just film a bunch of scenes of just Angus scrim kind of like on a guy. <laughs> in the, in the graveyard. But such a funny idea. This movie doesn't have nudity except the, like, we'll show a one boob of this of Angus Scrim's woman character. Well, in the way that they present it, it's like as if uh, he's not physically transformed into the woman. He's like projecting the woman into people's minds. Yeah, you know, it's him behind. You know, the cut is him behind the face. So yeah. I, I like to imagine him just at the bar. Just, yes. Just mentally projecting a woman into people's minds, but it's just him drinking at the bar <laughs> with these guys. Just him hanging out next to him. Yeah. But yeah, but what's he doing when he's mentally projecting this woman on Tommy? Is it just him just like on Tommy? I don't, or is he somewhere or is, or else is that just, just thinking about hologram it? Type projection? Either way, yeah, yeah. he's actively involved in creating a scenario where this guy Tommy has sex. Other people he just kills. Why well, does he I have to? The plan start... was to was to uh, have sex with Jody and then kill him. He tries to get Jody. Sure, their their pants are coming off. Yeah, when Mike then goes screaming Mike's... by in one of my favorite shots of the whole movie. <laughs> it's this great. Jody and this girl on a tombstone, and then Mike from the darkness just <laughs> <laughs> off into the woods. So great. as you would do as giant. Uh, dwarf uh, hooded guys were coming at you. Yeah, going, an <laughs> army of dwarves were scrambling after you. And you, man, once he's in the mausoleum, he sees a man get drill bit to death. Yeah, he chops a man's fingers off with no hesitation. No, no, no. I mean, after you see a dude get juiced by yeah. a sphere, all bets. This are knife's off. getting swung yeah. early and often. The tall man chase through the mausoleum, through the funeral parlor, through mm-hmm. the back area of the funeral very scary one of the scariest quick burst chases yeah heart heart racing and there's a seat yeah where even after that he gets him behind the door then it's like the dark hallway where you just see somehow the hooded figures yeah just come into yeah frame. now that you've blocked out the tall man who where did they even come from i like the moments of the tall man playing by earth's physics mm-hmm. and then realizing like Wait, I can just rip a door off. <laughs> oh right! I'm like, oh right, I'm this alien. <laughs> I don't, I don't have to play by their rules. The way the smarter alien gets tricked into human stuff right. is That's always funny. entertaining to me. Uh, because yeah, probably it would happen a lot. They're like, oh, we didn't expect a human to do, <laughs> fucking chop a hand off. What you know? And the yellow, the shot of just yellow paint blood gushing out of the tall man's fingers. 
gorgeous. Then Mike disgusting. Keeps, Mike keeps a finger. It keeps moving on its own. Yeah. Then turns into like a bat fly. It's such a perfect kind of reanimator, As weird, you, you know. Yeah, I love just the a finger in the thing. ground effect. Coscarelli's just coming up with these fun, cheap effects that just add a weird, fun element to this movie. Yeah, it's great independent filmmaking. Apparently, so, the sphere was just they threw it from behind the camera out and then reversed the film. Like, yeah, it's, it's just probably it was like probably that. on like a cl- fishing line, something like or clo- that. something that would keep it on a straight pitch. The kind of thing that we could probably do if you set up a, a, a line with a mm-hmm. you know thing with a hole in the middle, it's but it's so effective and looks so freakish. Yeah, you know now it would, in the '90s straight to video it would be all digital. Oh, it's all all I bet, like I, bad I some computer of those, effects because the balls are a big part of those sequels. I feel like sure like, they play once more those into caught the on. Uh-huh. They're like more balls. Yeah, you need more balls. So yeah, I bet like by '98 when you get the fourth one, it's like see bad CGI. The, spheres. Oh, anything into if there was when was the fourth one? If it made it to ninety five, it had bad CGI, I guarantee. Right. But even this movie, the tagline on some of the posters is like the horror movie with balls. <laughs> <laughs> People were showing up for the balls, man. Phantasm two is like the ball is back. Yeah. <laughs> People love We this got ball. the ball, don't worry. It's Weird, the things that become such iconic parts. You know, the hockey mask. I get it. Right. The Freddy glove claw. I get sure, it. Sure, sure. Just like, oh, they're making more balls now? <laughs> Three has more balls? Yeah. More balls than ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll be choking on balls. Like, right. all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know we're on the fifth one here, but come on. But it's cool. I get why the thing got on. I get yeah. I get why all this works. This it's a cool looking movie that's scary. This kid is just being hunted relentlessly. I get why he's mouthing what the fuck. Later mm-hmm. on he gets another great swear when they're all sitting around their campfire and inside they got a fireplace going, Reg, Jody, and Mike. And Reggie's like basically Reggie's plans like why don't we just like kick his ass? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so it's about the same level. And Mike says something like, "You gotta be shitting me. That mother's strong. <laughs> yeah, that mother is. Strong. <laughs> that mother's strong. Yeah. Man, I like what these guys got. It's yeah, I like these boys. No, I think even in the hallway scene where right before the tall man chases him, where he's just like, um, the um shit, the um shit, <laughs> like wow, like I can't talk my way out of this shit. Yeah, when he gets busted, that killed at the theater. Right. That brought oh, the bet. house down. That is such a... I think... Did you ever have those dreams when you were a kid that you were either being chased or you were scrambling out Adam, of some... Had them last night. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> you know, there's a bunch of great kids' movies like The Goonies. It's all kids getting chased and running away and finding secret portals. and Right, right. I love that kind of stuff. It was scary, but it was that adventure spirit, you know? And Mike embodies that perfectly. And that, um, <laughs> pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Whoever wrote that, whoever's idea that was, one of the finest scenes. In, I mean, killed. One of that, when people think of a movie they love that has a line like no other movie, that's it. <laughs> that's Phantasm. But all these characters, Mike's a cool kid. Reggie's got his big old bald dome. Too oh. iconic for words. Yeah, the yeah. ponytail, 
the the, oh, the white suit with the, the black white leather suit vest. With the vest. Reggie's Get iconic. These yeah. people are all so good. It's such a great sum of its parts movie. And it keeps upping the crazy. I, it yeah. keeps getting crazier. It's such a great... Phantasm 2 keeps the train rolling. Phantasm 2 has way more uh, makeup effects. It has a mm. house explosion. Like oh, fan- yeah. It just keeps going. But Phantasm is such a great, crazy build to where Scrim is just full-on... All right, boy, this has gone on long enough. Like, when he is getting full on, like, all right, we've done fucking around here. Like, now now just, it's really happening. Yeah, every time they're about to go get him, he just, like, shows up at yeah. the window. And, and I love the scene where he grabs Mike and throws him in the back of the hearse. And Mike, with, like, a Colt forty five <laughs> shoots his way out yeah. of the back of the hearse. The scene where Jody is explaining, you never point a gun at a man unless you intend to shoot him. Yeah. And you never shoot a man unless you intend to kill him. Mm-hmm. Talking to his 13-year-old brother oh, while, yeah. while he's pumping a shotgun. Let me tell you, man. I mean, yeah. I love it. That's good shit. <laughs> That's good shit. That's like Red Dawn that kind of shit, good. man. That's Red Dawn. That just good That's stuff. these 13-year-olds like, you see a Russian, you just machine gun him. <laughs> That's our world now. These guys are so... So I I, bar- I briefly hinted earlier where we get a lot of, uh, you know, Fright Night is 45 minutes of this kid trying to convince his friends that he's not crazy. Right, right. The second Mike comes back with that finger, everybody's immediately like, I'm on board. Yes. It's such a how like... You, how could you not be? Yeah, a, a I'm so happy. finger moving on its own in yellow goop. Yeah, this movie yeah. does not waste any time doing the like, no, there's got to be an explanation for this. This isn't real. Mm-hmm. It's just a... You're right. I'm sorry I doubted you. Let's do this. Right. Thank God. While at the same time, yeah, I love how it's just like, and I have no idea what this means or what's yeah. going on, but I'm with you. We're going to do Here's our best. Gun. All I know is I can trust you. <laughs> Let's try and do this. And it works. It works so well. I love it. The cl- it, movie just kind of keeps climaxing. It keeps getting to these bigger and bigger set pieces, crazier chases. Get a car explosion. Yeah. The car crash is awesome reggie dies probably i don't know like two three times (laughs) (laughs) reggie just keeps showing back up we have a couple of different like no reggie (laughs) and then reggie just show like really just literally runs into a frame being like all right everything's fine yeah that's the one part of the movie where you're like wait what happened there they couldn't get those (laughs) girls for a second shoot like mike uh and, and these two girls get attacked in a little volkswagen bug by the dwarves yeah and the girls just drive off screaming and you never see them again and then yeah reggie Reg- gives us an, a verbal update reggie gets into a terrible ice cream truck they accident. just see a truck tipped over wheels still spinning and then yeah like 20 minutes later he's like all right guys i got the girls out of here here's the scoop here's boys what, here's what you missed in uh, the other movie <laughs> yeah you didn't get to see. here's what we didn't bother filming yeah <laughs> it's real it's literally him just giving a rundown he's like okay here it is i've been hiding out in a coffin playing dead the girls are cool. <laughs> Don't ask more about the girls. Exactly. That we never hear from again. I trust you, Reggie. I yeah, trust and you. Reggie's, they're like, all right, good. Reggie's cutting to the shit. <laughs> Reggie can take care Reggie of shit. Did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Reggie gets knifed at the end. Reggie, sh- oh. oh, Reg, man. what Iconic. Again, <laughs> I love this man. I mean, even at the end, when we start to get more of a reveal that this tall man who moves like an alien man... You said the scene where he grabbed Mike at the door. Yeah. Mike bursts out the door. Break. Mike's always breaking into and out of stuff. What a cool kid. When he bursts out the door and the tall man is just right at the threshold, 
the way he reaches out an arm just so stiffly just to grab Mike by the scruff of his neck and drag him. That look of Mike kind of being lifted in the air. Oh, oh yeah. Getting That's carried in the air by the neck by a... It's all, it's all these, you know, the coffin getting thrown in was just a rope tied around it, lifted, and it's balsa wood, like you said. Right, right. Mike is probably just on somebody pushing him on a chair while he's getting, you know, get, but it works, man. It mm-hmm. sings up on the screen. It looks so good. And the, when you get that score behind it, perfect right, score. it just puts you there. Yeah. It's incredible. I do need to write it down, but I can't imagine many non-John Carpenter scores being better than Phantasm as a thing that just fully captures every scene in the movie perfectly it just great for greatest framework for mm-hmm. it when we get revealed that <laughs> this is basically he finds his spaceship portal mm. what a when he finds his portal to another world again i always think of it as a heaven and hell thing but now it's just like a the red sun of krypton kind of right. planet yeah yeah knowing that scrim knew the guy was an alien Changes everything about the movie for me. But Reggie really takes a pounding in this portal room, man. Reggie gets this great... We've we've had luck with a few great movie scenes where a hero guy just takes a beating. <laughs> yeah, you Reggie's know, up there. Like popcorn, Mark just gets his ass handed to him, falls mm-hmm. downstairs. Reggie gets messed up a bunch of times in this movie. Always looking good in a sweater, though. Always wearing his whites. Yep. I know, never, vest. never gets a stain on those white clothes. But when he's like getting sucked into the portal, when it's time for the regular portal barreling to happen, yeah. we need a new shipment of dwarves that we keep now, in these oil drums. They had the because of the tuning fork. He he remembers the tuning fork and places his hands on the poles. Was that uh huh? Was that like, that, that was why we the vacuum? That was why we got our tuning fork scene after yes, our exactly. guitar jam. because like, Reggie had the skills, the skills to Oscar set off. The, yeah. And when Reggie's, you know, crawling on his, trying to not get sucked out, he's just getting pelted with barrels. Oh, I love that. I don't that care one. if those barrels are empty, man. Throw a wa- empty water jug at somebody. These things are hard. Yeah. Reggie's taking them off the big old dome, just like <laughs> they're bouncing off his head. Man, these actors are just making a movie. That was, uh, yeah, that was really, I, I loved it. Thinking of the crew just behind the door, just throwing just shit pelting at barrels at Reggie, and Reggie's just crawling, not able to shield his face. Just not like, face. come on, just hit, hit my butt, hit my thigh, or something. It'll bounce it off my head. Oh, not that thigh. Yeah. And just seeing how much Angus Scrim added to his five lines of dialogue, his movements, that shot of him walking down the sidewalk. When Mike makes eye contact with him, and Reggie's in the foreground just packing his ice cream truck in his little shades. Yeah. The totally looks. unaware that the creepiest dude in town is <laughs> right, right next over to his him. shoulder. <laughs> Reggie's doing his own thing, and Scrim's like smelling the, the ice cream and just like looking like an alien. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't notice this before. This guy is such a out of place man. The the question there is what did he was he was it uh Agony or ecstasy? I read this like no one knows. Oh, Does the alien from the hot planet like the cold air, or is he reacting right negatively? Man, I'm so dumb. I didn't even think about it as cold air. Like <sighs> him, kind of. He, I love the talking point. So him either finding pleasures in our cool breezes, exactly. Like or him just nice. like, oh, I or need my like, red sun. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, I love that thought. 
the faces he makes are so bizarre. The way he's looking around and making eye contact with different things, so alien. Mm-hmm. It's like, how the fuck didn't I notice this? Oh, because there's always something new to notice in Phantasm. It is so chaotic, but the craziness is just really endearing. Mm. Those, the kind of swinging arms of, of Angus Scrim or the tenacity of Mike or the unexplained sudden death of Jody that happens off screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, just when right? you think you can't crazy? get any more curveballs. Was, was that in the extra urine scene? Like, did, is there another Jody uh, death scene? After, they, after their plan to bury the tall man in a mine shaft? Get him to drop into a mine shaft. Love really? That. We Scooby-Doo the tall man by getting him to drop into a mine shaft? Okay. Well, after Mike has uh, MacGyvered a oh, yeah. door-busting uh, bullet. He really, yeah, he really breaks out of a hearse, breaks out of a garage. This kid's the coolest. Kid's so cool. <laughs> Mike's so cool. He has no business being kid's that cool. so rad. <laughs> goes to a psychic. Yeah, go, yeah just a 13-year-old goes to a psychic. With the, <laughs> who, who plays out the scene from Dune. With the, the hand in the box. Okay, right? A direct rip so off of Dune. Dune. Well, I, with the fear, do not do not fear. I mean, Dune came out several years what? after, right? Well, the, I'm, the, book, the, is, book. the book has got to be. But the visual of yeah. go reach into the box. Also, how are psychics a thing? <laughs> we live in a town where, where real estate is getting out of control. <laughs> there are like three fortune tellers. Yeah, in in Santa Rosa, that have been there for ages. Well, I think that's the secret. They yeah. just ha- own that property. They, There's one straight on Santa Rosa Avenue that I walk past all the time. Yep, fortune teller, There's psychic. That one on College, right next to the 440. That's like <laughs> yes, been there since I was a kid. And uh-huh. you're like, surely that can't be the same person. 35 years later, still I think doing we gotta it. go. I think we gotta <laughs> start going to these fortune tellers. All right. I gotta find out. We gotta start asking them podcast questions. We'll go in. What as movies if, should we do? Like, let's have the like when we answer their questions as if we're Mike from Phantasm. Yes. She's like, well, I lost both my parents. Uh, <laughs> I saw see. this tall guy lift a coffin uh, by himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a thing that I didn't realize is sustainable in 2021. I don't know anybody that has that says they go to fortune tellers. Right, right. But they must be out there. We have three fortune tellers in our. In our city limits for a reason. I think the people who do go. We have go more fortune tellers than we have video stores. Yeah. Yes, that's true. So there has to be a demand for people seeing psychics. Or those are just criminal organizations. Oh, they could be money fronts. <laughs> they could be money fronts. Like the, just grow houses. Like the slot car racing store in Rohnert Park. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be mafia. Bogus. That's not. A, that's a front. That can't be. The rock shop. Nope. <laughs> Nobody that can't be sustainable. The lamp store. We have yeah, we have so the battery store. No, <laughs> these are all fronts. So I like Mike as a 13-year-old who it seems like a regular thing that he goes to a psychic. He just shows up for his appointments. Yeah. Oh, they who know. Who is him. this kid? Yeah. Yeah, we get a and whole we, And again, like we don't have to have that explained why that's part of the story. That's just that that character development we need of him getting over, you know, being able to not fear. It's really a whole it's a whole empire strikes back thing <laughs> of them making him look at his real fear yeah. which is his abandonment issues. Mm. His parents died and left him unexpectedly, but now he's afraid that Jody's going to leave him by choice. This kid is really struggling 
And they keep introducing these difficult issues in these surreal, bizarre ways. It's a potentially deep movie, depending on how seriously you want to take it. It's also a fun movie to just have on. Because it's got so much great looking stuff and a crazy plot. Yeah. I love it. It's a movie that really grows as a greater movie the more I watch it. I think there's more secrets to Phantasm. Do you than, like uh, do you like the the it was all a dream ending? Like that final final scene where all of a sudden Jody's died in a car crash and yeah. Reggie is going to take care of Mike? I do like it, but I don't know if I like it because I like Phantasm 2 a lot. Mm. And it pick Phantasm 2 picks up directly kind of after even though it was filmed many years later, it's like Mike is out of a mental institution. Reggie and him are going to go on a road trip. It's much more of a grander chase movie where they're being chased across, you know, the state yeah, by the yeah, tall yeah. man kind of thing. It's a road movie, whereas this was a we're being attacked in our home movie. So I think I love it because I like where the series goes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a standalone thing, how I would feel. But I think the visuals and the explosiveness of it i think i like it in the same way i like the way maniac ends it's a descent into craziness the fact that mike is in a mental institution is kind of a tell we don't know that in phantasm we find that's written into phantasm too so this slip into just craziness i like that so i think i do love it i like that the line between reality and fake has been blurred enough that this kid is just maybe unrecoverable maybe he's just gonna see the tall man forever you know maybe the tall man's not there anymore but to mike it is and i think the movie even in its haphazard (laughs) written on the fly kind of way gets across those emotions well enough i like the the sudden deaths the surprise that jody was gone this whole time and that we might have been watching Mike's dreams as he processes mm-hmm. him being finally alone, like he feared. That kind of makes the movie more powerful <laughs> to me. The fact that uh, we just watched this horrific, condensed version of Mike's trauma as he's moving on to the new stage of his life with Reggie as his ultimate guy. <laughs> what a stand-up I mean, dude! I mean... Reggie Worst steps in. Taking, yeah, taking care of you. Reggie. If you know one Reggie, these... Hey. Treasure your Reggies. Yeah, hold on tight to your Reggies, Hold on people. tight. This guy will go. take a knife for you. <laughs> He'll tip his ice cream truck for you. He'll adopt you. Yep. Oh, Reggie is... No wonder this guy became a cult legend. Who couldn't love Reggie? One of the most lovable figures. Everybody loves in horror. Reggie. Impossible to dislike. <laughs> And so I like this kind of ending of this Phantasm does it really well. The like, hey, the worst is behind us now. Things are fine. Very Terminator. Mm -hmm. Driving off into your Jeep. You know, we're going to go on a road trip. We're going to shake this thing. And then, no, man, the tall man's always there. In the window or in Mm -hmm. the mirror and grabs him. Yeah, I love just that gut punch right at the end of Mike getting pulled through the window. Boom, credits. I love that. Crazy ending. Yeah. The And the boy. (laughs) What an iconic reading of one word, right? Couldn't expect that. There's no way you had that in mind when you Mm -hmm. wrote this. That's just all luck of the casting. But when you nail this many things on this haphazard of a schedule, it can't be luck. 
Coscarelli's career is pretty testament to how talented this guy is. Yeah, we'll he's, be doing more. Like he's handled said. so many genres, so many cool stories. This guy is a genius. I love him. This is our second one. Go back and listen to our Beastmaster episode. If you have somehow not seen Phantasm, there's no time like the present to dive on in. Yeah. If Phantasm horrified you and you saw it on TV as a seven-year-old, <laughs> give it a shot as an adult. Sounds oddly specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, or, it's a great 89-minute It's so tight. rated adventure. A lot of good scares. Iconic imagery coming at you. I love it all. What the fuck moments galore. <laughs> what else do you need? I right? love Phantasm 2. I've not seen any of the sequels past that. I can't wait. It makes me want to just watch them boom, 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 I think boom, we're going to get into it, yeah. Yeah. Coscarelli. This is another one of these directors who I know about, I've seen before, but as we've been doing this podcast, newfound appreciation. He's a Dwight H. Little. Oh, yeah. He's a man, to, oh, clearly yeah. a guy with a vision who's going to make movies on whatever budget he can make movies at. That's why Carpenter's our, our masthead. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the same spirit. I love these movies exist. They're my favorites. Sea Phantasm. It's a movie that gets better as you let it get better. Absolutely. It came yeah, to yeah. this. It did come to this. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening, and good night. <laughs>